Janine Pirro. She's the outspoken host. Judge Janine Pirro is dominating the headlines right now. This is the Judge Janine Tunnel to Towers Foundation Sunday Morning Show. Now, here's Judge Janine Pirro. Welcome, everyone, to the Judge Janine Tunnel to Towers Foundation Show. It is Sunday morning here in New York City. And uh, it is uh, it's still cold here, but at the same time, it's a, it's a bright day today. It always makes me happy when the sun shines. And as always, we're armed and ready to serve justice with all my great listeners on the Red Apple Audio Network. There's so much that happened this week in America to talk about. I mean, uh, you know, the uh, President Biden still has not gone to Palestine, Ohio, uh, although uh, Pete Buttigieg, his director of transportation and secretary, did. Uh, the uh, speaking of the president not going to Palestine, Ohio, he chuckled uh, at a mother of two young sons whose uh, uh, both sons were killed as a result of fentanyl poisoning uh, An incredibly insensitive, inappropriate uh, reaction. And the mother of those two young boys who have died uh, is demanding an apology from the president. And uh, we are still dealing with the problem with China. Uh, and we find out that the, the Department of Justice and the Department of Energy both agree that it was a lab leak. Now, uh, now of course, we're not going to hear anyone admitting that. You know, the president and his press secretary say, well, we'll never, we'll never really know for sure uh because they don't want us to know for sure but everything that we heard about masks and about the uh vaccines and about all the distances and it's it was all wrong and they trashed us and canceled us and censored us uh but now you can expect no apologies and so today we're going to be hearing from Dr. Mark Siegel on the impact of uh the ultimate uh, admission that the uh, it was a lab leak from the Wuhan lab in China that ended up over here bringing that virus over here. It wasn't just a bat that bit a human. It was uh, a gain of function where an intermediate host had to be used in order to get the virus from the bat through the host to uh, humans. I'm also going to be speaking this morning to Kelly Ann Conway. You know her well. We're going to be speaking about what goes on, uh, what is going on at CPAC, where uh, a lot of the presidential uh, hopefuls are there to speak to the uh, uh, Republicans, mostly uh, young people there who go there every year to hear from top Republican uh, speakers. And uh, she's going to give us her take on uh, the fact that Lori Lightfoot lost the uh, Chicago uh, mayoral race. She didn't even make it to the uh, to the runoff that will be this coming Tuesday. And let me tell you, folks, nobody deserved to lose that election any more than Lori Lightfoot. The woman who said that she would only at one point speak to journalists of color. Uh, and as far as I'm concerned, uh, Mayor Lori Lightfoot's loss is a win for the people of Chicago. Violent crime went up 160 percent. Murders up 59 percent. Car thefts up 270 percent. This is what's going on with the woke people when they run our country. Right now, we're also in America. We hear, have hearings on the Select Committee on China. 
where the Republicans are, uh, you know, pretty, uh, I think they're doing a great job on making sure that uh, the China is, is accountable for what it's done. The FBI director himself accused China of trying to thwart and obfuscate the COVID origin. Uh, but the Republicans on this select committee are not going to let go uh, what's going on with COVID. And the amazing part of it is that the Chinese government, they demanded, they demanded an apology. They said that, uh, you know, they pushed back on us when they said, you know, the PRC uh, said uh, that we should stop denigrating the Communist Party of China. Uh, and as far as I'm concerned, we should decouple and delegitimize uh, the Communist Party of China. They are our enemy. They are not our friends. And, uh, you know, to the extent that the fentanyl is killing 100,000 Americans a year, you rest assured that those drugs are coming from China, uh, just like COVID did. And uh, we should uh, we should treat China like what it is, and that is a transnational criminal organization and uh they stole our data uh they have been hovering as you know from a few weeks ago with that balloon i mean the president of the united states is nowhere near tough enough to deal with these guys but in any event there's so much that went on and we're going to be talking to as i said kellyanne conway and dr mark siegel and later on in the show i'm going to gavel out with my closing arguments it's all coming up in just a few minutes here on the judge janine tunnel to towers foundation show so Never forget, that's a commitment we made on 9-11. Honor it by donating $11 a month to the Tunnel to Towers Foundation at T2T.org. You know it. It's T, the number two, T.org. It's the Judge Janine Show. This is the Janine Pirro Show. Now, here's Judge Janine Pirro. Welcome back, everyone, to the Judge Janine Tunnel to Towers Foundation Show. Joining us now is a professor of medicine at NYU Langone Medical Center, an author, a fellow Fox News contributor. Uh, You all know him, and if you don't know him, you've been under a rock, too. His name is Dr. Mark Siegel, our favorite topic of COVID. And uh, the fact that, you know, now there's everything we're finding out that we were told about COVID is proven wrong, the lab theory leak, the mass, the natural immunity. And I couldn't think of anyone better to discuss this with than Dr. Mark Siegel. So, Dr. Siegel, how are you today? I'm doing better than the government officials that didn't tell us the real story all these months, right? Well, I got to tell you, it is it is amazing. And when we think about Dr. Siegel, the fact that you weren't even allowed, you were canceled, you were trashed, you were a conspiracy theorist. And the truth is that it was all they were all wrong. And it wasn't like they were wrong for a minute. It They went on and on about the, the there not being a lab leak that, you know, it just jumped from the uh, a bat to a human without an intermediary host. And that's just not it. And Fauci is still saying, well, well, we may never know for sure. What, what's your take well, on I, this? I, I, I have a lot of take on this, and I'm writing a lot about this right now. We're doing a, actually a book on it. But, Good. But here's, here's what I have to say about this. First of all, science is evolving. Secondly, you used to go to your doctor to get an answer. And we doctors, physicians, got marginalized in all of this. So it became public decree. 
And public decree wasn't just a recommendation that I could ignore, like I've ignored a lot of public decrees. Some, some recommendations I follow, some I don't. We were kind of sidelined. We didn't have the vaccines in our office. We didn't have the information. Nobody understood they were supposed to go to us. Now, in terms of the origin of COVID, I got a couple of things to say that will make you laugh. Judge, okay. you know where the bats are? They're in southern China for the most part. You know where Wuhan is? It's nowhere near that. It's over a thousand miles away. I mean, we think China, but when you actually look at China on a map, it's enormous, not just over a billion people, but it's enormous. So the bats are mostly in southern China. You know what the researchers do at the Wuhan Institute of Virology? They go down to that bat caves and they they grab bats. Why would they want to do that? Because these bats are loaded with virus. You know what they're doing in those labs? They're playing with the viruses, not with the bats, but with the viruses. And so to what end, Dr. Siegel, to what end are they, quote, playing with the with the viruses? Well, the ostensible strategy here, which I've never agreed with, is that we're supposed to test viruses to see exactly what it would take to get them to the point where they would go from animals to human to human and be a threat to us. We want to know the steps it would take. Well, you don't have to be a rocket scientist to understand that in mapping out those steps, whoops, one of those viruses could, could slip out. And, and that's, that's a, very, a very big likelihood of what happened here, playing with viruses. The other reason they play with viruses is supposedly so that they'd be ahead of the game in terms of therapeutics and, and vaccines. How well did that work out? I mean, <sighs> we, we really – what we saw with SARS and MERS – way back in the day, was mm-hmm. a coronavirus that didn't cause a massive pandemic, didn't. And so fear-mongering lights the fire here of, of the gain-of-function research. And I'm very concerned about it. I, don't, I think it's way riskier. And by the way, we don't have a, a way to know what's going on in these labs. I mean, you talk about craziness. But How does we, anybody... Uh, but, but Dr. Mark Siegel, aren't we funding through the World Health Alliance or the Echo Health Alliance a lot of this gain-of-function testing? Yeah, some of it's going on in the United States. Some of it's going on in China. Some of it's going on in the Netherlands, which, by the way, nobody's talking about, which, but I'll talk about, which is that the Netherlands played around with the bird flu virus, mm-hmm. and they figured out how to get that to go human to human. Who the heck needs that? It's already killing millions of birds. We Are don't they need... doing this to force us to take pharmaceuticals or to, is it a bio is it a bio virus that they're looking to kill other people? I think we in the United States, I really believe that it's not a direct link with pharma. I, I think we're doing it out of out of misguided scientific curiosity and preparation. But what do you think China's doing it for? You've got the Chinese mm. Communist Party there. And they're, yep. of course, their bioengineering division is very close to the military over there. Now, you know, that makes me very uncomfortable. It should make every American uncomfortable. Well, you know, the, the craziest part about all this, doctor, is that when we look back at what they did to us, they, you know, they canceled people. You know, you were a conspiracy theorist and the, the mask mandates we now find out did nothing. 
They did nothing. Well, I mean, I remember being in a Dunkin' Donuts. I love Dunkin' Donuts coffee, Dr. Mark Segel. And, uh, I knew that. There I knew was that. A, <laughs> so there's a woman in there, and, uh, you know, I had my mask on, and, and an, a, another woman in there didn't have it on, and, and a customer went crazy screaming, my daughter has asthma, you're going to kill her, put your mask on. So the woman's looking for her mask. And so, you know, I said to the, to the woman complaining, I said, yeah, calm down. She's getting her mask. And she started screaming. I mean, people were what they look at what they did to us. Look at what China did to us. Look at what the dishonesty did to us. Look at all this stuff about the it's not a leak. It's not a leak. And it was a leak. Well, and our department of uh, the FBI says it's a leak. Our Department of Energy says it's a leak. And then Joe Biden comes out and says we may never. Never know. Fauci says we may never know. What is the Namby Pamby response? Is it because they're afraid of China? By the way, the, you do know. I'm sure you know. I interviewed Bob Redfield, former CDC director, yes. multiple times on this. I've written op-eds in the Wall Street Journal with him on this. And the truth is, he knew because he had the top secret clearance. So they were hiding this stuff as classified information for, for God knows what reason, keeping it from the American public. And of course, we need to know things like this. And also, physicians need to know as they go to treat a virus. You think that we wouldn't have been more aware that this virus might spread asymptomatically, might cause terrible after effects if we knew it came from a lab? I mean, that changes how you approach this. By the way, I want to say quickly something about the masks. Mm -hmm. You know, that's exactly the opposite. You talk about inconsistencies. Mm -hmm. Exactly the opposite of what Dr. Fauci and others were saying, which is we're waiting for the science, right? But the, there is no science on masks, Judge. They never did a double-blinded, randomized, controlled trial on masks. You know, the, it, and people never even wore them properly, and they're not wearing the right masks. So, of course, it was virtue signaling. Of course, it didn't have an impact. What it had an impact on was people's ability to communicate the mandates. Mm-hmm. And the shame of that is that, you know, that the, the young children were damaged, you know, psychologically, uh, not, not just yeah, education wise, but the, the sociological impact of it. Talk about that for a moment. And the data is in on that. You know, w- w- they weren't in schools, which which was ridiculous. Another counterintuitive thing. Like, mm-hmm. why wouldn't you put a kid in a school? You're going to keep them at home so they can spread the virus in their home. You know, it made no sense because in a school you could keep the window open, you could sit people apart, you could you can distance people, you can educate them, and they can socialize. They put the masks on in schools, the the barbaric masks which kids never wore properly. I talked to a child psychiatrist early on in the pandemic, who's who's very rational. I said, "You ever see a, a three or four year old wear a mask properly?" He says, "No," oh, and I wow. see them all the time. None of them even wearing them properly, so oh. they couldn't see each other's faces. They couldn't communicate. They couldn't learn properly because, after all, learning is about reading faces, isn't it? Yeah. Well, it's about le- <laughs> you know that some of these kids. I mean, they can't even talk to their friends. They don't even recognize their friends. They don't. They don't understand. Now they're they're delayed in terms of interpersonal communications. I mean, it's the trauma and 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 the disaster that went on. But the thing that that was very hurtful for me in particular, I, as you know, Doctor Mark Siegel, um, I had COVID early on and I was able to get Regeneron, but I had that immunity. 
And, uh, you know, when you test for the immunity, I mean, my antibodies were through the roof. And yet I had to take that uh, I had to take that vaccine. And now they say people who took both vaccines and all the 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 uh, uh, the additional shots, the boosters. I mean, they're still getting covid. What the hell did we do it for? And actually, we knew the science should have warned us because we knew that the kind of vaccine this is. It doesn't prevent spread at the at the nose level. So it's like it can decrease severity. It stops the virus from replicating, but it doesn't have a big impact, especially as the virus itself mutates in terms of preventing spread. I still can't figure out how they could force people to take a vaccine that doesn't prevent spread. That's what you call a public health decision to do that with your doctor. You know, is this going to help me? Am I at risk? There's some chance it decreases spread, but the main thing is it decreases severity. And then they wouldn't rehire the people. Let me tell you something, oh. Judge. Here's, some, here's something I've never said before on the air. You're going to love this. I had a head of an ER here in New York City who had just had COVID and didn't want to take a vaccine. And I said, you shouldn't take a vaccine because you have natural immunity from COVID. But the hospital wanted to fire her. I had to go to bat for her and write letters, and eventually it ended positively that she kept her job. But I couldn't believe that a hospital of all places was trying to get rid of a significant employee who had just had COVID, whose doctor is saying you shouldn't have a vaccine right but, now. But that doesn't surprise me, doctor. And that that was part of the it's propaganda. It, it's almost like fascism that if you don't believe this, then you're going to be canceled. You're going to lose your job. What about all the people in the military who lost their job? But what about all of the teachers and the doctors and how about the doctors that were being brought up on charges in california i mean it was just dictatorial it was like the left is is glued to this concept of controlling other people it's a totalitarian mindset but exactly and and you know what it also doesn't lead people to take vaccines because (laughs) if someone's trying to beat the heck out of you you don't you try to get away from them not listen well, what are we COVID. going to do now? I mean, what is what is the next thing? And this guy, Fauci, I don't even want to talk about him anymore. Why didn't we have like a Manhattan Project with a whole bunch of brilliant uh, doctors who came together and from different virologists? And this one's, a you know, immune and the, the, the you know, immune doctors. And I mean, why this one guy, this one weasel? who, you know, couldn't stop talking for two years and now all of a sudden says, oh, no, we'll probably never know. Wait a minute. You were the guy. You were the king who said you knew everything. <laughs> he, knew, he likes the microphone. I think that's what it is. He likes oh, the microphone. Shame on him. Shame and I actually agree with you that we needed a consortium of different minds saying different things, listening to each other. The way that science gets strong is when you challenge it, not when you dogmatically assert anything. You challenge some basic assumptions. That's how we move forward. Albert Einstein, with the theory of relativity, was challenging all known physics. And look what happened. I mean, that's what you do. All right, Dr. Mark Siegel, I love you. I could talk to you forever. I want to thank you for joining us on the Judge Tunnel to Towers Foundation show this Sunday morning. Have a great day, Dr. Siegel. Great to be on with you. Great thank to be on you. with you. Thanks, Judge. All right. All right. Always good to hear from Dr. Mark Siegel. And never forget, that's the commitment we made on 9-11. Honor it by donating $11 a month to the Tunnel to Towers Foundation at T2T.org. That's T, the number two, T.org. This is the Janine Bureau Show. 
Now, here's Judge Janine Puro. Welcome back to the Judge Janine Tunnel to Towers Foundation show. Joining us now is a political consultant, a pollster. Uh, she served, of course, as senior counselor to President Donald Trump. Uh, she today is the founder of a polling company, Women Trend, a business she's had for 21 years. And, and now she runs KA Consulting, LLC. Uh, you all know Kellyanne Conway. She's also uh, with Fox now. She's a Fox News contributor, we're thrilled to say. Uh, but I don't want to waste time t- telling you about Kellyanne. I mean, if you don't know about her, then <laughs> uh, I think you've been under a rock for the last few years. I mean, she had a great book. It's still in my library, Kellyanne. It's called Here's the Deal. She takes you on the journey through the White House and beyond with her trademark, sharp wit, raw honesty, and straight eye. So, all right, Kellyanne, welcome to the show. Let's let's jump right into it. Uh, you know, this weekend it's it's Sunday, but this weekend, uh, the CPAC was alive and well, and Donald Trump was there, and some of the presidential candidates went there. I know that uh, Nikki Haley went there. Uh, Ron DeSantis, of course, who's not announced, uh, didn't go there, but I believe Mike Pompeo went. I could be wrong about that. Tell us what you think about CPAC and and what's going on there. Janine, thanks to you and your listeners for having me today. So CPAC really has been the Grand Central Station, the heartbeat of the conservative movement for a long time. They had a a lower attendance this year, but no less enthusiasm for what I would say is to get rid of Joe Biden and the Democrats, who really in a very short time have reversed many of the great policies of the Trump-Pence administration and frankly are ruining ruining America everywhere you look, particularly Mm -hmm. rising crime, rising costs. And the complete vexing and perplexing of our kids in these school systems. So I'm happy that voters are so engaged. They're already paying attention to the 2024 field. I hope they'll take a moment in 2023 and focus on some of the big races that are happening this year that are a test for these radical liberal policies. The most important election in recent memory happened in Chicago just this week. Oh, yes, it did. (laughs) And by the way, Kellyanne, Kellyanne Conway, I've got to interrupt you. You predicted that she would lose Kellyanne uh, long before the election. I did just because voters have had enough and they're telling pollsters that every single day, this woman, the sitting Democrat uh, the mayor of Chicago, Janine, with all the symbolism, I'm the first lesbian, I'm a, the first woman, first woman of color. People are saying, I want substance over symbolism. I think that's great, perhaps, but I need results. And that was a competent election. 83%, 83% of the voters voted against the sitting mayor. Hasn't happened in decades. And I think it's significant because it should warn all the Democrats who share her ideology and are looking the other way when people fear, feel fearful and frustrated about all of these issues that are, are burgeoning. So I say this because let's not miss 2023 and all the opportunities that the center-right movement has and these Republican presidential candidates have to animate and engage the public. Look, it's cheap and easy to enrage the public. Our goal is to engage the public, and you do that through policy. You do that through saying to people, believe your own two eyes, believe what you see, not what the other side says. So you saw CPAC, President uh, Trump spoke. Obviously, he was the headliner. Uh, Secretary Pompeo, uh, Nikki Haley spoke. I think a few others, Vivek Ramaswamy, who's running, spoke. And um, I think Nikki made some unfortunate news by reading from a laminated binder and saying that there is a pandemic. The worst pandemic is woke, really suggesting that woke is worse than COVID, which, of course, killed 20 million people. 
She may have been trying to grab a couple of headlines, but it had obviously been vetted and placed in her binder. I don't think I don't think things like that and competency tests are going to decide the presidential outcome. Mm-hmm. Janine, our, the Republican Party should not go for age or competency tests or race or gender, frankly, to pick the nominee. The nominee should be the person who has the best economic plan, energy independence, uh, foreign policy, national security, border security, everyday affordability and fairness. You know what I hear from voters? Fairness. The left talks about equity. That's equal outcomes. We talk about fairness, equal opportunity. Well, you know, Kellyanne Conway, the truth is that that her loss was a win for the people of Chicago. Her politics damaged Chicago. Uh, and, and crime went up something like 160%, murders up 60%. I mean, a motor vehicle theft, 270%, Kellyanne. But, you know, if we don't as Americans, and I love the statement you made, it's cheap and easy to enrage the public, but you've got to engage the public. You know, people have to understand that violent crime and the increase in crime, it's not just something that happens. It's something that can be controlled. And what we're seeing with some of these, you know, woke DAs uh, and even George Gascon in L.A., Kellyanne. I mean, he they tried to remove him and recall him and it didn't work. I mean, it worked for Chesa Boudin, but it didn't work for him. But let, I want to go back to um, Vivek Ramaswamy. Now, you know, n- nobody he's never run for office before. He's worth seven hundred million dollars. I mean, he's got some good ideas. He's an interesting guy. What do you think of him? He is a good guy, and I'm glad he's running as a Republican. I think that alone is important that he's saying, look, I'm, I'm a great example of the American dream without affirmative action, without uh, hand-ups and handouts. And he's got a very um, significant agenda that thinks we should do away with uh, a lot of the woke agenda. He's, he's made his bones that way politically, do away with what he, would, what he regards as the corrosive effects of diversity, equity, inclusion for the sake of diversity, equity, inclusion, not not actually helping people. So those are his words. I'm glad he's Republican. I'm glad he went to CPAC, and I'm glad he's on TV often. Uh, I hope I hope the end result of his campaign is not what so many of these unsuccessful campaigns are, which is a full employment act for unimaginative consultants. Uh, there's too many of them. I call mm-hmm. it staff infection. Uh, <laughs> and yeah. I'm not jealous of a single one of them, Janine. I mean, for you or me to be jealous of anywhere at this point would be foolish. Here we are. In the, <laughs> hey, Don Lemon. Yeah. We're in the prime of our lives, the two of us. So take uh, a look. Yeah, where but, is he? Um, the, but, point, but... the point being, yes, right. But the point being is that um, I hope he does get his message out there. And eventually, if he's not the Republican nominee, that he continues to have a voice to reach uh, reach new audiences. Uh, c- contrast the the growing Republican field of presidential candidates, which right now officially is only Donald Trump, Nikki Haley, and Vivek Ramaswamy. The other side, the Democrats, are stuck with the old white liberal straight guy who's been in Washington for over 50 years. The party that exudes youth and energy in the future has no such thing. The closest thing they have to that on paper is the vice president, Kamala Harris, who's shed 22 senior staffers from her office. She's turned these dream jobs in the White House into a nightmare and whom everybody in the Democratic Party is afraid of. They're afraid when she speaks. They're afraid when she cackles. They're afraid when they send her to represent the country, this country abroad. And if she were remotely competent, if Kamala Harris were a remotely competent VP, I believe, Janine, they'd be able to give Joe Biden the hook and tell him, look, you've had a great career. You finally became president. You got rid of Donald Trump. And this will be your swan song. You will get credit for elevating and electing the first female president, first female 
president of color, they can't do that because everyone knows Kamala Harris just doesn't have it. Well, you know what's amazing about a Kellyanne Conway is that behind the scenes, the Democrats, uh, a House Democrat says that literally hundreds in Congress who don't want Biden for 2024, but they're literally biting their tongue. They won't say a word. Um, and then you've got her who is, you know, it's such a shame, Kellyanne, because you and I came up, you know, we fought and scrapped our way to the top. Nobody helped us. Nobody gave us a hand up. You know, you had to get out there and prove yourself. Okay. And here's this woman who gets in because of identity politics. I mean, let's, let's be straight about this. I mean, she didn't get 1% of the vote. She didn't even go through the whole, uh, uh, presidential primary. She dropped out. Uh, and then she has this opportunity, Kellyanne, a woman who's smart, who can take on the issue. Issues, take on fentanyl, take on some of this woke nonsense, take on crime. You're a former DA. But no, she is she is just not engaged. I mean, the woman is like you look at her and you say, what is this woman doing? And so what we've got is Joe Biden and then Kamala and then Pete Buttigieg, transportation secretary. What a disaster he is. And now the FAA uh, secretary, who's up, uh, uh, I believe he's before the Senate. This guy doesn't know anything about the FAA. What's with this identity politics? They're destroying America. Yes, and it, it's really a shame because people want competence and they don't really care about the identity of the person as long as they're competent. Listen, we can all celebrate the first this and the first that. Those are great things that we're living through that in America. I, I'm happy that the that the country elected the first African-American president, Barack Obama, but sure. I'm against all his policies. I, I can feel great about that and discuss it with my four children, all now teenagers, Janine, but I don't need to vote for him and all of his nonsense policies. But that's not the point. Somebody's going to get hurt. Because the FAA administrator is the best example that you could possibly raise. People who are listening to your great show, Judge Janine, they should pull up the clips of this man this mm-hmm. week in front of the Senate. It was painful to mm-hmm. watch him say, I don't know, Senator, I don't have the answer to that. When he's being asked questions that are within his purview, he's a Senate-confirmed administrator who's being asked about air travel. Is it safe? Is it smooth? What can we do to improve it? And, you know, we've got a Secretary of Transportation and Pete Buttigieg. No one looked at him in East Palestine in that hard hat and that that vest and said, there's a future commander in chief. And I think this is why we're stuck with Joe Biden. I think it's why the Democrats are stuck. Who is the bench? Where is the bench? But I have a, I have a warning to Republicans. Stop talking about the race on the Republican side being a referendum on Trump and DeSantis or on uh-huh. Donald Trump. Your focus needs to be on Joe Biden. He needs to eat and own all of his horrible policies. When I think of Joe Biden, I don't even think of his obvious mental and physical deficits. Janine, I don't think of the guy shaking hands with the air, although that's weird and shuffling around. I think of the guy who pulled out of Afghanistan with no plan, no rationale. I think of the guy who killed those those jobs on the pipelines on day one in this country out of spite. I think of the guy who's responsible for rising crime and rising costs and over four million people just walking over the southern border. I want people to think of that Joe Biden and his Democratic Party. You raised a good point about the Democrats in Congress. They don't want Biden, but they're biting their tongues. You know what else they're doing? They're voting for all of his nonsense. They don't want him, but they vote for all his nonsense. All Every single Democratic senator voted for the Inflation Reduction Act. All of them. Yep. That's right. uh, when I hear the Democrats have unity. We need unity. No, we do need unity, but they have unanimity. I don't want unanimity. I like competition. I like conflict within a party within within the the, the party family to suss Absolutely. out what the ideas are. Absolutely. They have unanimity. 
Hakeem Jeffries, 15 consecutive times, got all 213 votes. That's not unity. That's unanimity. Not a single senator voted for Amy Coney Barrett's confirmation. The woman is brilliant. She embarrassed those senators at that Senate confirmation by being more gracious and more smart than they are. So I don't want unanimity, folks. I want unity. There's a big difference. Yeah, there's a huge difference. And and then this week we had an opportunity to see our attorney general, the attorney general, Merrick Garland, on the stand in front of the Senate. And I mean, this guy literally admits that the fentanyl at the border is something that's intentionally being done. But he's got no he's got no plan. He's he's just like, yeah, yeah, that's happening. We're probably responsible for it. And in the end, you know, he is one of the most embarrassing attorney generals I've ever seen. He's not talking about fentanyl and what happened. I mean, Joe Biden can laugh all he wants about the mother who lost two sons to fentanyl, which is, I mean, on the five, I went ballistic because, I mean, how can anyone smirk and laugh about that? And then, you know, we've got an attorney general who's in a position to make a difference. And he says, well, the fentanyl is being unleashed on purpose in the United States by the cartels. You know, at least Donald Trump, uh, in my understanding, was he wanted to do a strike against the cartels. I was in those meetings. I thought they were classified, but I've seen them in other people's books. <laughs> I will tell you, I was in the Oval Office, which is a gift for those meetings with uh, Secretary Esper, uh, and then at the Pentagon and, and Attorney General Barr, and the president was making excellent points about it. Look, Janine, President Trump and First Lady Melania Trump took on the drug crisis full square, and they broke the back of it. It was the one policy issue they worked on together. We had the first reduction in overdose deaths in this country, including fentanyl deaths, for the first time in 30 years. Last year, 2021 statistics, 107,000 deaths. You can fill up Met Stadium, City Field, and Yankee Stadium and still be looking for seats, 107,000 people. I know from DEA agents the 2022 numbers are going to be even worse. Well, he's not going to touch the drug 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 crisis. He's also not going to he's not going to touch the China thing because when when the Republicans kicked off their first hearing that select committee and the FBI hones in on the communist threat. I mean, the truth is um, the FBI director accused China of trying to thwart and obfuscate the COVID origin probe, and we're going to be speaking to. Uh, Dr. Mark Siegel about that. But it appears that, you know, the Biden administration is, I mean, they're cool with China. You know, whatever happens, happens. And this whole thing with the balloons and all that, he never even spoke to Xi Jinping. You know, General Austin's counterpart in, in China, in Beijing, didn't return his call. I mean, this this is lunacy. They are so in control and they know that we have a man who's not only weak, he's just he's not he's not engaged. No, he's not engaged at all. And if you ask him to be engaged, he laughs it off. He talks about ultra MAGA, Trump, Trump, Trump. Oh, yeah. This is not a serious presidency. You know, Janine, when when Joe Biden became the president, the number one thing, if you ask him, what's the best thing you can say about this, even if you didn't want the result? There were two things people cited. One was, here's a guy who's been in Washington for 50 years. He was mm-hmm. the vice president for eight years. He's been chairman of the a Foreign Relations Committee, Judiciary Committee. He's got relationships across the aisle. He'll build respect around the globe, neither of which has been true. He's been one of the most partisan presidents you can think of. He, his, this, his stuff gets passed on a party line vote. He attacks half of the country based on how they voted in 2020 and what they believe policy-wise. 
And we are not respected around the globe. He went, he, he insisted that Putin was not going to invade Ukraine. He sent Kamala Harris to Poland and she said Putin will not invade Ukraine while Putin was invading Ukraine. Yeah. I mean, there is no respect for us around the globe. We have a nuclear capable Iran salivating at our best friend Israel. We have these trade deals that have fallen apart. We obviously have, uh, well, Putin in Ukraine. I mean, Joe Biden seems to be in the White House every time Putin invades or annexes a sovereign nation. Mm-hmm. It happens when he's there. It's called causation, not coincidence. This yeah. is not a serious presidency. And if I were his wife, I'd say, let's go live out the rest of our years, however many there are. I hope there are 20 more, 40 more for them. God bless them. Let's go live out our lives in Delaware. But they're so craven. Look at what's happened with John Fetterman and his wife, Giselle. You have a craven spouse who doesn't show the love and respect to, to well, the other spouse. Kellyanne, what, what we yeah. saw with Jill Biden was she said, yeah, the president, you know, Joe's going to run. Yeah, yeah. And then he comes out. He said, oh, I heard my wife said I'm going to run. Well, you know, I have every intention. But, I mean, it seems like she is more Kellyanne Conway. She is more interested, Jill Biden, in Joe running than Joe is. I mean, and she is the enabler. This guy should be relaxing and having a, you know, enjoying his beach house and cleaning out all the classified documents. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty funny. Now, there is a reason. There's a reason to go to Rehoboth. Yes. Yep. Yeah. But she is very different from any other first lady I've ever seen. Very, very, uh, you know, very much pushing the envelope on this. Yes. Yes, ma'am. Absolutely. And, you know, Janine, it's um, I think voters are getting that. So if I hear one more time, Joe Biden had the best midterm election of a president in 60 some years only because he was, by and large, not allowed to campaign. They really didn't let him go many places. Same thing with Kamala Harris. Kellyanne Conway, it's so great getting your wisdom on all these issues. Thanks so much for joining us on the show. Thank you so much. Take Take care. care. All right. By the way, everyone, she is great and she is knowledgeable. And up next here on the Judge Jeanine Tunnel to Towers Foundation show, I will gavel out with my closing argument. It's all coming up here on the Red Apple Audio Network. This is the Judge Jeanine Show. This is the Janine Bureau Show. Now, here's Judge Janine Bureau. Okay, now it is time for me to gavel out with my closing argument. All right, you heard from a couple of experts today, uh, Dr. Mark Siegel and Kellyanne Conway. Uh, we are, uh, as always, we're in a situation where we have to be honest with ourselves. We have to recognize that, you know, this country went through hell for two years with this COVID pandemic, with the schools, with all of us, with uh, locking us down, masking us, people losing their jobs, people being canceled. Um, uh, I, 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 it was a country I really believe that United States during the pandemic was a nation that was angry and upset. And we're just coming out of it now. And we find out that the truth is that it really was a lab leak and that masks really didn't work and that the vaccines aren't what Fauci said they were. Um, We were played. We were played at both ends. We were played by China 
and we were played by Dr. Fauci and his friends. And isn't it interesting? You don't see him much now. The guy who couldn't wait to get on television every day to tell us how great he was and to hand down another, you know, dictate uh, is you know, saying, well, we may never know. Well, the, the, the sad part of all this is that the COVID experience in my mind, in addition to all the people who died and all the people who suffered, it shut down free speech. And at a time when we needed discussion and dialogue more than ever, the people on the left shut down the doctors who said, you know, maybe maybe there's other ways to treat this. Maybe whether it's ivermectin or, or, or some of the other medicines, you know, maybe they can work. No, they were canceled and they were denied. And so it classic example, folks, of the left using their power of, of, of cancellation to stop us from talking. It was a violation of our First Amendment at a time when people on the right should have been able to say, you know, I don't think this is helping me. I think immunity is stronger than the vaccine. I shouldn't have to, I shouldn't have to take the vaccine. My antibodies are through the roof. We couldn't even say it. We couldn't articulate it. Doctors in California were being called up before medical boards because of Gavin Newsom and the lunacy out there that they couldn't even discuss what they wanted to. And these are medical experts, not political hacks like this guy, Anthony Fauci. And that's exactly what he was. He's a little guy on an, in a big, big ego trip. And they pulled the wool over our eyes and they shut us down. We should remember one of the biggest lessons from COVID is by shutting down free speech, by only the left having the right to speech, uh, to speak and dictate what we should do. We never had a true answer until time, with the benefit of time, showed us that the left was wrong, all wrong. Shame on them. I can't believe we're out of time already, but make sure you join us right back here next week. Same time, same place for the Judge Janine Tunnel to Towers Foundation show. Have a great day, everyone. And, yep, God bless America. Let's try to keep it strong. Take care.